it. And I was going, come on, guys, do something. And of course, all the other writers are young, like, you know, they're, they're, they're well, walking away from me as I'm standing there. But <laughs> they were going, oh, you, know, you know, were you hurt that, you know, Carl Reiner just lambasted your joke? I said, Carl Reiner didn't, didn't lambast my joke. Alan Brady did. <laughs> Alan Brady, which is ultimately my dream. Right. I've been praying for my whole life to get, you know, um, and it was just like, it was just like a moment for me that I was. Yeah. Like, First of all, how are you? Because I haven't seen you since I think we did something similar to this. We did the charity event, uh, the yes, comedy I, event. Yep, yep. I was uh, up with my friend Kevin Rooney, big comic. We were talking about old jokes, old jokes. Nice. That we loved. He's good friends with Jay Leno, and he says to Jay Leno, he goes, uh, "What's that old joke that we used to tell back in the '80s about the talking dog?" <laughs> and Jay, and of course, Jay's like, "Boom!" You know, he just remembers everything. He's like a Rolodex, he right? Goes, Oh yeah, guys driving down the street. I'll make it me. I'll, I'll do it first person. I'm driving down the street. I see a big sign that says, uh, first sale, talking dog, $10. I go, hey, I gotta check that out, right? I go up to the guy, I go, where's the talking dog? He goes, oh, he's out in the back. I go in the back. There's a dog that looks like Woody. I have a white dog. He goes, uh, hi, how you doing? I go, oh, my God, you can talk. So I do learn how to talk. He goes, I don't know. He goes, the CAA adopted me when I was a puppy. And they taught me how to talk. And they put me in all these meetings and embassies and things like that. And I'd sit in the corner and I'd like listen to what they say and I'd report back. Oh, yeah, I've been all over the world. I've been, you know, Italy and China and uh, Russia and uh, Taiwan. I've been everywhere. God, I got to get this dog. So I go back in. I say to the guy, okay, I'll take the dog. He goes, great, 10 bucks. I go, how come so cheap? He's such a great dog. He goes, he's a fucking liar. He's never been out of the yard. <laughs> Father, your mother, your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Oh, that's fucking hysterical. Um, but also, I, I talked to Dana Gould. Dana Gould is so fun. You got to get Dana on your show. I would love to get Dana on. I seriously would. I think my managers tried, but failed. So I'm, uh, I'm any help would be great. I'll see what I can do. And, Thank you. Uh, and uh, and Kevin and Kevin Rooney, of course. Uh, so wish Kevin Rooney well. And mm -hmm. uh, who else was there? Um, JJ Wall, another comic. Fred nice. Stoll drop by. Everyone loves Fred. Fred. You can't, can't love again. Who used Fred. to tour with Rob Bartlett, who I uh, says to say hello when he loves you. I love, well, you know, Rob, Rob Bartlett, I finally was able to, you know, I'm running wild, which nobody mentions. Uh, was shot <laughs> with Will Barnett. And, uh, and I needed, <laughs> I, I needed, I needed a, 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 an asshole. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I, I thought, you know, Bartlett's in town. Right. And, uh, he played. He played a character uh, named Rich Whiteman. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking perfect. <laughs> He's great as always. He's great. He's great bro. I'm so jealous of that type of career. I always yeah. wondered if I stayed in New York, if you know, maybe I'd been a, a Broadway playwright, and then I could, you know, live on you know eighty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Did you? you <laughs> because so you started uh, obviously as a comic. You were in the Funny Boys. That was your comedy troupe or whatever. Yeah, How, yeah, when, yeah. Two guys. We, we, I met a guy, Jonathan Schmock, mm -hmm. and then uh, I got married very young. I had a kid when I was 20 years old. My daughter, uh -huh. Tannis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For any of your uh, viewers, you ever see Head of the Class? You ever see Head of the Class? Yes. Yeah. Remember the little girl with the glasses? And yeah. Like, That's my daughter, Tannis. Oh, my God. I did not know that. That's a great. I know. She's a casting director now. She when oh. Stanford, I always, you know, said very proud. You know, when you're older, you're, you know, you're proud of your kid's accomplishment. But you know, Stanford, oh yeah, first one in our family to make it to a college that didn't have the word beauty or clown in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved into a building called Manhattan Plaza. Mm -hmm. Like 
1978. And down the hall lived, uh, we had a babysitting co-op because it was a very communist thing, you know? Right. It's all Section 8 housing because Hell's Kitchen in 1978 was a shithole. And, right. uh, and they said, I think it was Estelle Parsons who said, you know, just instead of just making this a Section 8 building, you know, you know, for, for poor people, I know a whole group of poor people uh, who who will really need a place to live. They're called actors. <laughs> they filled the building up with actors and writers and producers. And within like five years, it was like the same thing that happened in Soho, you know? You know, right. it's the artists who go into the into the neighborhoods and all of a sudden, you know, you used to sell crack and now there's a cookie shop. <laughs> and they ruined it oh yeah and nobody you know you know if some kid you know pisses on the floor it's like you don't piss on the floor in my building mister <laughs> and the building grew and grew and so kramer this guy kramer was in charge of the babysitting co-op mm -hmm. and across the hall and he was a wild guy and across the hall from him Kenny uh lived larry david and that's oh no way yeah, i got to know those guys back in like the early 70s I knew so you I knew the original kramer i knew the, he still he still he still lives in the building he gives tours wow uh, oh that's so uh, good he's called the real kramer and, <laughs> um, you know, I, I saw seinfeld like you know you know 20 years before seinfeld hit the air wow it's true it's true my wife that's incredible time, he used to call uh larry and kenny the bums <laughs> and I would be going out you know, hang out with those bums, Seinfeld, those bums. <laughs> and uh, and uh, she moved out here. And uh, when, when they got to the last Seinfeld, she said mm. to me, uh, you know, Larry hasn't put me on Seinfeld yet. She's an actress. Uh -huh. So, so uh, <laughs> I, I went in. And she's a terrific actress, by the way. She mm -hmm. played. She, my my, 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 my ex-wife. Yeah. Uh, play uh she she teaches um acting to comics that's sort of her thing oh nice I, yeah 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 that's yeah. needed the acting right now because this isn't working out no i'm kidding yeah <laughs> you're not kidding <laughs> that's why i brought you on here for the hard truths <laughs> you're, you're you're a real type you know what i mean so um, i appreciate that okay so i'm on my fifth cup of coffee today i'm all jacked up on coffee no i love it was that your so was that your like stand up crew? Because everybody had their classes when you guys started out, right? Like basically, like when you started, it was you and Jonathan Smock in a group, and then it was was it Seinfeld, Larry David, like that yeah, guy? Yeah. Those are the guys you toured with? Well, Bill Maher got, was is is, is to this case, my best friend, and, right? Uh, and 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 he got us in a Catch a Rising Star. And, oh, nice. Uh, it it kind of almost happened, you know, too fast for us. It was like the early '80s, and they were just grabbing comics, right? And, and they and they saw and 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 they saw us at a at a club, a guy named Warren Littlefield who would go on to, mm -hmm. and then he, and then they flew us out to Los Angeles. They did shit like that back then. Right. And, uh, we yeah. audi we auditioned at the comedy store for a guy named Brandon Tartikoff who ran NBC. Right. Uh, the other act that auditioned with us was Jim Carrey. Oh and, my God! Oh uh, wow! And and we were in we and and in the club that night was Richard Pryor. And he was getting ready to go on, mm -hmm. but they had messed up the scheduling. And it was like, uh, you know, they kind of, uh, Brandon Tartikoff, NBC is auditioning these two comics, these two acts. And, uh, Tar and, and Pryor said, sure, let him uh, go ahead. Like, how, who does that? Wow. Yeah, no, seriously, that's true. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Pryor gave us, you know, because you know that, you know, the, the audience is watching you, but they're turning their head and, and watching Richard Pryor going, you know. Sure. One of these assholes getting off. I, I want to say, <laughs> and, and, uh, and and I, I think he knew that because he gave, kind of gave Tartikoff one of those hire these guys. Nice. You know? And uh, Jim Carrey, that Jim Carrey got his first job in an NBC. Took Jim Carrey, this dynamic, unbelievable talent, and they made him a straight man in a in a very soft sitcom called The Duck. Um, Duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I barely. I think. For like half a second when I was a kid, they did a rerun of that show, and I didn't understand what I was watching because I had known him at that point from like Ace Ventura and stuff. So yeah, I was yeah, like, what am yeah. I watching right now? They always tried to cram you into this, like, you know, I'm nice. You know, nice was <laughs> like, like most comedy in the 80s, you know, doesn't really hold up that well. I mean, right. The sitcoms, I mean. So this is, was this like a reunion for then you guys? Because I feel like. Oh my God, look at that. Yeah. Where's that from? That is from um, a photographer from the comedy store posted it recently. I know, you know, that's Jeff Ross. 
and there's mm-hmm. and there's Jim Carrey. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, that man. that was from uh, uh, Mitch, the Great Mitzi Shores Memorial Service. Oh, that was from the memorial service. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I yep. was wondering because I was like, that is not something you see every day. You guys all hanging out like that on the steps there. Was that your Was that your first paid gig at the comedy store? Like when you were like, was your comedy that was that the first one, or was it Catch a Rising Star? Or? Catch a Rising. Well, there was a little little, little club called Good Times on Thirty First and Third. Okay. A guy named Rico owned it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Rico was great, but uh, a lot of acts got their start there. Wendy Liebman and Kathy Ladman, I think, got her start there. But yep. when we were there, had Wendy and Kathy on the show. Oh, they're fabulous. fabulous. Yeah, they're great. Well, I love Wendy and I love her. I love Wendy Kathy. mentioned. Yeah. Uh, she's awesome. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, but the acts at, at this little, and the, and the club was about as big as this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, the acts were um, George and Otto. The filthiest, funniest oh. team ever to, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know Otto Peterson and uh, and George, of course, is a uh, uh-huh. filthy mouth uh, race. <laughs> and um, Yakov Smirnoff got his start before he even went to the comedy store. You wow. know, tiny little thing. And he had he came in with the suit, you know, what a country, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in 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 in, in your country, you are allowed to uh, criticize President Carter. In my country, we too can criticize President Carter. No. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Dice Clay, Dice yeah. Clay. Uh, but he wasn't Dice then; he was uh, Andrew Clay, and he just did um, impressions. Oh you know? wow, Elvis, right? He, I don't. I don't remember Elvis. He probably did Elvis, but he he definitely did Jerry Lewis. Oh yeah, the Nutty Professor. He did the Nutty Professor, and I think he did Travolta, and uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, a- you got to work with Jerry for a little bit, right? What? You got to work with Jerry for a little bit, right? I did work with Jerry Lewis. Yeah, I I, I worked with him for about a week. Mm-hmm. Was um, he was he was restaging uh, the Nutty Professor. Uh, okay. from the sixties that no one remembers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and he wanted, he wanted to do it as a musical and they ended up doing it. I mean, Marvin Hamlish, I think it was Marvin Hamlish's who did uh, a chorus line, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it was so big for so many years and this was sort of his last uh, big uh, thing. So there's, there's a musical version of the nutty professor, not the Eddie Murphy one, the, the one from 1960 before everybody was born. Right, and, um, and, and it's out there. And I worked with him in Vegas for a week, and he's exactly who you think he's going to be. I mean, except <laughs> he was like eighty-five, and you know, we, he, he go, "Let's go out there." You know, we we didn't do any work at all. It was just like, you know, <laughs> fucking like you know, run the uh, you know thing. He stopped. Right. And he goes, "You see, you see that extra in the back? Yeah, I fucked her. Yeah, great." Why is this And. <laughs> <laughs> and he had, he, had, he, had, he had one of those air horns, so he would go up behind. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and when he would be driving, he would be driving, and he'd start driving funny. Oh my God! Vegas, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> and there was this one guy, Stu Silver, who was a writer who wrote uh, "Throw Mama from the Train," and he was in the back. Oh, great movie. White knuckling it the whole time. Going, Jerry, funnier, Jerry. Funnier. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Did you tell me one time he he like he let you pay or something like that? We're like, yeah. So, so we're, at, we're we're at the diner, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the check comes, and I go, "Oh, Jerry, let me get it." And he and he grabs my hand. He goes. I'm going to let you pay. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you know, I pay for everything. I, that's who I am. I, I pay for everyone. And, uh, and my agent stopped me. He said, listen, will you let us do, will you do us the favor of allowing us to buy you a meal? <laughs> and obviously, you know, I got Jerry right here. And so yeah. I came and I, and I signed it and I turned to Jerry and went, Thank you. 
Oh God, I fucking love that. I love that story too. Yeah, that's a fucking great story. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry is exactly who you wanted Jerry Lewis to be. Right. That's yeah. That's the best when you meet somebody like that, and they're they they meet all your expectations in one fail. So. I've heard a couple of people who met him who were like, we don't know, like Max Alexander, a friend. I, I never, I, I Max knew. Max worked on this project too, yeah. Oh, he did? He was on the project too? Well, well, I mean, one thing you do realize very quickly is uh, a, a lot of stars, they like firing people. It's just a good feeling, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I knew I was about to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> because at one point my, my major job wasn't to write jokes or anything. My major job was to make sure that the uh, that the uh, VCR was hooked up correctly. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry couldn't figure it. And he, Jerry's like, fix it, fix it, fix it. You know, I was like, mm -hmm. I fix it, fix it. <laughs> so I'm standing there and I got to stand up to do this. Yeah. I'm standing for some reason. I'm standing. Can you see me? Can you see me? Yeah, yeah. I'm standing like this. I put my leg behind this, like this. Yeah. And I just hear Jerry saying, what he thinks is a stage whisper, never trust a guy who stands like that. <laughs> so, so I knew my time was up, so I, I, I was going back to my house one day, and I, I returned the check that they had given me, and I said, Jerry, I, I, I really, I can't do this project. Uh, yeah. I have to go back in. And so so he was kind of mad that he didn't get a chance to fire me. Because I like, fired everybody and he brought in the and, um, But I kind of wanted him to be like that. Yeah. You, yeah, you, exactly. That's who I would have expected to meet if I met him. Like, I was, just, I just told this story at lunch, so it's still fr fresh in my head. But, you know, mm -hmm. I got into comedy. Like, no one really knew that comedy writing was a profession for my generation. Right. I'm, I'm 66. I'm old. And, um... But but what I did, you know, I learned it was from the Dick Van Dyke show that that was even a profession, right? Right. So that was sort of like, can you imagine sitting around on a couch writing jokes all day? You know, that was like my dream. Yeah. And it actually came true. Uh, and we were working on uh, on uh, my wife and um, uh, uh, Two and a Half Men. And oh, they nice. Carl Reiner had a recurring role on it. And he was just great. Mm -hmm. it was just so nice to everybody and the scripts that would come and you go, oh my God, this is great script, guys, great scripts. And um, I'm like, okay, so nice. Every day he would come in. But on that Friday shoot, you know, he was like 92, you know? It's like, that's mm -hmm. a long fucking day, you know? So yeah, yeah, he gets in that makeup at like, you know, 10, we shoot, we block and shoot, we have a lunch. And there was this one joke that we just couldn't break. And we all were just kicking around. And, you know, I had the unlucky thing of like, Pitching something that everyone okay, that's that's good enough. And the <laughs> thing along the line of you know old Carl Reiner saying, you know, I can't come on Tuesday. I'm throwing a birthday party for my mother, right? Oh, right, right. He's so old. And um, <laughs> Carl Reiner, it was like maybe like nine o'clock at night. He just said he was just a little beat. <laughs> he like they go, oh, we got a new joke for you, Carl. And he's what? <laughs> he goes, what's the joke? And my mother. What? No, oh. no, guys. He goes. It, it's 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 not good. It's. I'm sorry, guys. It's it's a thinker. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. It's a stinker. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Come on. Huh? <laughs> it was just all this night, late at night. It was great. Come on, guys. Just and of course, all the other writers are young. Like you know, they're 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 well, walking away from me as I'm standing there, but. <laughs> Anyway, oh, yeah, we, you know, were you hurt that you know Carl Reiner just lambasted your joke? I said, Carl Reiner didn't didn't lambast my joke. Alan Brady did. know <laughs> that Alan Brady, which is ultimately my dream. Right, I've been praying for my whole life to get you know, um, and it was just like it was just like a moment for me that I was yeah, like, because in this business you you know. You're gonna write a lousy joke. You're gonna write a oh, shit yeah. of lousy jokes. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> right in the eyes all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, that, that, like that was like a seminal moment for me, where I just got to, you know, get yelled oh. at. But the brilliant, only sweet, nicest man in the business. Right. I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing. <laughs> I don't no. Because you know, I'm just telling you, icons have moments. Yeah. And 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 
that that's really if you want to survive in this industry you have to be able to be screamed at <laughs> oh my god i know it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to uh be the well, next anyway, generation's they, thing they, they, they kind of wilt under it you know what i mean yeah oh yeah absolutely which which when i i feel like i'm at home when i'm getting screwed i'm like i'm born in brooklyn when people are yelling i'm like oh thank god We're oh good. I, 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 happy? I thank my mother's cruelty every day <laughs> 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 you really oh my god <laughs> did you do you do you remember being on set with you either whether you were younger or or older or whatever like where you really wanted like where you had to fight for a joke you wrote like you know no this is gonna fucking work trust me or do you kind of beg off yes yeah i remember once on uh, the, the, the worst jokes the hardest jokes are jokes about gifts you know okay. yeah gift right yeah you know? And yeah, we were on Golden Girls, and uh, somebody was like, uh, you know, oh, they're all giving you know the the, the B story or you know whatever the C story mm -hmm. was, Secret Santa. It's a Christmas show, right? And nobody yeah. wanted uh, the gift from Betty White Rose because <laughs> Betty White gives terrible gifts, right? Right. And so it's like midnight, and we're sitting around going. You know, and 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 Rue McClanahan, she drew Betty White. You know, so she mm -hmm. said, "Oh, I don't, I'm fiddly d. I don't want a gift from Betty." <laughs> you know, and um, and we we just were, were you know, and I, I'd always go out and I'd smoke a little weed and I come back in. <laughs> well, what, what if, what if, uh, I say they're showing her Mark Sockin. I said, what if uh, she gives her the uh, she uh, Rue opens up it's a beautiful blouse, a beautiful silk blouse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. You know, big surprise. And uh, I give Betty line. She said, she goes, well, I, 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 I didn't know what to get you. And then, and then Dorothy said, I should get you something crotchless. <laughs> 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 but because we had like a male showrunner and he was like, what? And no, no, no. <laughs> he kept on going. And then I said, no, it's crotchless. And then, then yeah. And then finally, uh, Nina, Nina, our, you know, we didn't have a lot of women writing on that show. Gail Parent was my writing partner on that show. Okay. But I believe it was Nina or Gail said, you know, you know, technically a, a blouse is crotchless. Yeah. Oh, okay. I talk a lot about it. I don't talk a lot about it, but it was, to me, <laughs> it's an example of a perfect joke. Not a perfect, yeah. but a good joke because it's all character driven. Right. It, you know, you know, Betty is stupid. She misunderstands crotchless. There's mm -hmm. crotchless. You know, so, <laughs> you know and it's about Rue. What a slut. You know, right. so, you know, you know, all three of them are, you know, are in, in uh, one little joke. And it's a little bit of a thinker. Yeah. And it works on layers. Oh, not a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> was it like when you were working on Golden Girls and stuff, did you guys know that you were doing because you guys covered First of all, the show was always I, I still love that show to this day. My friends and I have Golden Girls T-shirts like it's it's just a great fucking oh, show. Wait, have you come out to your mom yet? No. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping you would help me with it. Could you just write? T-shirts <laughs> pretty much says the whole thing. Does it really? We got it as I mean, we're, we we like to thank each other for being a friend. It has a gigantic gay following. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's what kept the show on. Oh but wow! There there are there are uh, uh, Drew Doji and Sam Pancake and Jackie Beats do like Golden Girls shows in drag. They do you know get the fuck out of here? I didn't know that. Everywhere, all over the country, and they use the real scripts. Wow! Yeah, that's no, crazy. Well, because, because it, I think you know what I've been told was you know gay men look at the show and it's like you know you know four people of the same gender living together and still uh, in their <laughs> we don't know how um, <laughs> oh we do <laughs> <laughs> what so w w when you were doing those shows and stuff like that because again they were always super super funny but you guys got into heavy areas at the time AIDS racism. Yeah. Um, were you aware of that or just, you guys were just like, no, we want to fucking talk about this stuff and make it, and make it, you know, that, that was really Paul Witt and Tony Thomas who, you know, and, and, and Susan Harris, who really were the ones who like, you know, they, they knew we had a beloved group of people. Right. And, and we knew our mate, our, our major audience was older people. So mm -hmm. they felt that that was a good way to, you know, I mean, I think another reason why gay people like the show is because we dealt with, I mean, you know, I think it was Rue's brother who was, who was, who was gay. Yes. You know, not married, you know, and mm -hmm. 
and 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 there's this little th little speech that the old lady gives where she's like you know basically you know everyone should be able to love somebody and and, and grow old and die with the person that they love yeah and, and that because those characters are so beloved which mm -hmm. might have been a hard pill for a person in their 50s 60s 70s to eight to, to, to take back in the in the late 80s uh was like oh okay yeah i guess she's right so you know we were able to do you know, age stuff, and that that was all their stuff. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm just the joke guy. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean that they they all played into each other really well. There's only a few shows that I I think about on TV and stuff like that who, in one like swoop, can have you cracking up, and in the next take, make you feel something or make you think. It's not a lot of shows that do that kind of shit, you know. Yeah, that that's sort of the you know what I what I learned on that show. Because I was that was really my first big show that I that I worked mm -hmm. on was if if your characters make people laugh they will like that character the audience will yeah. like the character no matter even if they're terrible people like Danny DeVito's character in Taxi in he's Taxi guy. he's an awful guy but you know he makes you laugh so if something shitty happens to him you actually care even though he's yes. a person it's a very simple formula but um, you know sometimes those simple formulas you know people forget. You know, right. You know, the, so yeah, that, that 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 show and it and it and it holds up really well. Well, my, my writing partner on that was Gail Parent, who created Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh my god. Burnett and had done Broadway. She Mar had Mary Hart is one of those shows. I only know Mary Hart because you know, like my mom is like a huge fan of it. And I um I, I vaguely remember that when I was a kid, but I had Mike Farrell on the show. And his wife is, Mar you know, she was on Mary Hart and he, she came into the room and I didn't think of it at the time. And I got shit from my mom, like later on in the week that was like, you didn't tell her I like Mary Hart. And I was like, I didn't, she wasn't hanging around long enough. <laughs> Mary, Mary Hart uh, is a, is a, it was Mary Hart men. Oh, Hart men. Yeah. And Mary Hart is a, she, she was a host for entertainment tonight or something. oh never mind i'm thinking of the of another show then or something else no, no, you're i'm all mixed Hartman. this was a soap opera it was revolutionary at the time oh okay on 75 it was five nights a week half an hour mm -hmm. and they it was it was a soap opera and it parodied oh. soap operas but it didn't but because it was like in real time right slow and deliberate and louise lasser just was 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 brilliant on it. If if it's it's one of those shows, and actually they're remaking it with. Oh, are they really? Yeah, with the with, with the girl from um, Schitt's Creek. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it, it it's a great show. Probably you know really slow for mm -hmm. you know because it's a half an hour a night for like yeah, five yeah. a week. You know, right. and you know, and and Louise Lazar practically had a nervous breakdown when she did. It, I read. It wow! Was, it was it was you know it was it was an intense intense show, right? But, um, uh, way ahead of its time, and so, uh, yeah. What was that? What was it? How long did you stay in the stand up arena before you were like before you went into writing? Was it was it like a while doing stand up? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Eight years, you know. Okay. Um, you know, we did acting, and you know, we had, we had a TV series called. Yeah, you were in um, uh, um. You were you guys were hanging out with Madonna. Well, Madonna passes by in um. Why can't I think of the name of the movie? I'm gonna kick myself in a second. Some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a little. We had a little. Well, John Hughes, you know, you know, at the very beginning of his career, kind of saw us and he and he, and he liked us. Right. Like, I remember we, we went to the. Uh, he invited us to Universal to meet with him, and he was on, on the uh, ADR stage. That's where they loop the movie, mm -hmm. Sixteen Candles. So that's how right. early, you know, you know, you know, we got on, and and that movie just blew up, yeah, and made him, you know, because up until then, I think he'd only written like a vacation movie or something like that, and right? That, and that's because he wrote the article in, you know, he's he was he was you know way ahead of his time. Wow, he was did you, his time. I mean, did you always know you wanted to write though for stuff, or was it like, no. oh, you didn't? Okay, so you no. you wanted to other do other pursuits? Um. You know, I really fell into it. I mean, I just, I was, I was a young guy. I was, a, I had a kid. I had to support the kid. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I took care of the kid all day long for the first couple of years of her life. And I, and me and Jonathan had gone to NYU. I, I wanted to be an actor. And, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I said, like, we, we did a little act, you know, and a thing. We had a couple of bits that we did. 
And uh, then we began working at nightclubs, which it was perfect because, right. you know, you know, I would be out, you know, when the kid was asleep. So when we got yeah. that, and then all of a sudden we just kind of, you know, got on that 80s, 80s thing. But I, I wasn't a good actor. You know, I, oh, okay. I, I was smart enough to go, yeah, I, you know, I'm, this isn't really what I was going to do. And I then I, the guy, Don Rio, the guy who produced the show Double Trouble, mm-hmm. and I knew a couple of, you know, of, of the producers, a guy named Chris Thompson who created uh, Bosom Buddies, took me under his wing. Oh, wow. And, um, and, uh, and it, it was the 80s, and it, it was a very... Um, it was a very drunky, drug fueled wing. <laughs> 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 but, you know, that was the eighties. Yeah, and, and and then and then and then Jonathan's acting career uh, began taking off, and we had done it for eight years, and we felt like you know the act is, you know, you're, you're splitting that paycheck, you're you know, right, constantly depending on each other, and he said, let's take a break, and then this guy Don Rio, who had created the show or hired us for the show, uh, took me under his wing, and then. I, I got, I just landed on Golden Girls. And all I could wow. do was jokes. I didn't know how to write a script. I didn't mm-hmm. know, to, you know. So they were lucky, and I, they were lucky enough to pair me with Gail Parent. And uh, for those three years, we worked together, and I, I, I kind of learned a basic construction. Wow, so you learned that on the job. Yeah. That's incredible. Do you, do you miss doing stand-up at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> You no. didn't. You didn't even miss a beat. No, no. it's nerve wracking. Yeah, <laughs> it's nerve wracking. It's. A, I don't know how you do it. Every time I meet you, stand up. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> you're in this beat. Yeah. Yeah. But, Every so, time we see the money, we say that too. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why? Why would I do this to myself? Right. Oh my god. Um. That's that's fantastic. So then, when you got Arrested Development at that point in time, were you like aware of Fisher, which was on Golden Girls too? Mm-hmm. And 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 he and I, you know, worked together. We did that, and then we did a show for John Larroquette for a couple of years. Oh, and, he's and, brilliant! And it was, it was that, that was that was a show that never got its due, and I think it's because uh, they, they they I think they made one mistake with that where they didn't shoot it on film. It was like you know a dark and gritty sitcom. Oh they, wow! They didn't shoot it on videotape. They they did this thing called they they go we're we're gonna make it look exactly like film because to shoot on film you know you gotta stop every you know you, you can only go ten minutes mm-hmm. then, then the canisters run out and then now we've got to change the canister and the lighting it's just you know it's, right. it's more expensive too and with Thomas you know they were basically a videotape they were doing empty nest and soap and yeah they go you know the videotape and the videotape stuff. I don't think there's going to be a lot of videotape shows that 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 survive. You right. know, uh, I think the only reason Golden Girls still survives uh, is because I I just don't think that they can get. They're not going to make it again. They're not going to do a show with four old women again. Right. Hi, but they you know like Hot in Cleveland. They try yeah. like you know Valerie Bertinelli ain't. Ain't old. No, you know, she's not old. Trying to make people, yeah, you know, we aren't old, but there is a lot of ageism. And the thing about the Golden Girls is, uh, it's a good babysitter. You know, yeah. <laughs> they love that show. They, yeah, you know, I don't know why, but they do. That's what the, that's one of those shows I did used to watch with like my aunt if somebody was watching me or whatever. But I just got the humor of it. You know, just growing up because you just listen to the rhythm and the pattern and everything that's in those kind of shows. Same thing with the Dick Van Dyke show. I grew up on the Dick Van Dyke show, love the Dick Van Dyke show, Taxi, all that kind of stuff. And it's hard to find things. Miller doesn't get enough uh, recognition. Yes. Marty Miller was a a brilliant show. Yeah, that was. Yeah. What do you, do you consider like, because I feel like uh, uh, every now and again, I'll pop on the TV or whatever. And there's some shit that they rerun that I don't understand it, but like. Petticoat Junction had to be like the garbage television, right? Garbage. Gar- I don't want to say garbage. It was no, no, no. Like, like, the, like the comedies of the '60s. I mean, Dick Van Dyke is just you know the pinnacle. Yes. And 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 there were certainly good shows like That Girl, because same writers yes. from Dick Van Dyke. You know, you know, you know, good enough. But th- that whole '60s of every nothing can be offensive. Nothing right. Can be you know, uh, everything has to be squeaky clean, and you know. Yeah, like you know, if I had Barbara Eden living in a bottle, and you know, she after <laughs> two, I mean, I would be like, you know, make my penis appear. 
I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> oh. Um, but, you know, everything had to be squeaky clean and unreal. And, yeah. You know, and once in a while, like, a Paul Lind would walk in and do, like, he's really gay. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Or the dude from, uh, what was what was Ted Knight's show when he was a cartoonist? The next door neighbor was gay. He's a crowd or. Uh, uh, and now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the 70s stuff, you know, the stuff that lasts, I mean, to me, the first time Saturday Night Live, you know, broke through and that was the first time my generation felt like, oh, God, there's something. Because even comics back then, and, you know, I appreciate them, but when you're 15 years old and you got Alan King talking about, you know, uh, how <laughs> it was to fly on Eastern Airlines here, you know, you're, you know, right. you're quite relating to it. but when George Carlin broke through mm. and, and, and wasn't, and he was always funny, but you know, all of a sudden really funny and Saturday Night Live. But for me, Saturday Night Live was always good. But when Second City came on and it came on right after Saturday Night Live, that was like, oh my God. Right. Comedy can actually be funny. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. Were you guys like, were, were you and Jonathan, like what you basically had, like guys that you would emulate it at the time? Because I know you mentioned Carlin, but was like, I always feel like Lenny Bruce is almost a controversial figure in the stand-up world because there's people who think he was obviously a genius, brilliant at what he was doing. And then I feel like there's a, a subset of comics from back then who are like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't think he was funny. I, I, I think all this stuff you have to put into context and mm. you have to say, what was what else was going on? Why was that so brave? You know, right. he really was the first one to say, I'm going to do adult material. I am going to talk about, you know, all those guys, Mort Saul. Uh, yes. You know, yeah, Mort Saul was all of a sudden talking, you know, intelligently. And mm -hmm. Bob Newhart came by and, you know, because up until then, comedy was basically Milton Berle and right. young men. And, you know, there was nothing, you know, there was no nuance to it. You know, Bob Newhart bought nuance to it. You didn't have to be hysterically out there in seltzer water and uh you know there, there there's I, I do like I you know I shouldn't look to, I shouldn't live too much in the past, but it really is interesting. There was a show called The Hollywood Palace mm -hmm. uh, that I used to love because you know Saturday night and it was on Saturday night and you know no one wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you understand it. Yeah, no, we're in the same boat. It's like, you know, hey, John can babysit on Saturday, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, and but there was something about the, you know, the, it was an old fashioned. It actually took over for the Jerry Lewis show. Jerry Lewis had right. a live two hour uh, variety show on Saturday mm. nights. Live two hours that Wild. he come in to rehearse for. He was just going to wing it. It was the beginning of the uh, of the telethon, right? And and after like a year and a half, they said it's not working. Uh, and he got like a fortune for it. And they and they redid this theater, and, they, and then they just did like a variety show mm -hmm. uh, with a different uh, guest host. And sometimes it's awful, and sometimes it's just like because it's this weird in the '60s. This that you have these two different generations. You have basically Don Adams introducing Janis Joplin. Yeah. You know? And it's just this weird, and and he doesn't like her, and she doesn't <laughs> like him. And, you know, and it's, and it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. So I always, I always thought that when, um, I mean, I don't know too much about the history of this, but when, uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie got together for the first time, I just imagined Bing Crosby, like, get this fucking guy you know oh, yeah. this this oh, yeah. guy out of my sight what is he yeah. is it a woman is it a guy yeah yeah but 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 that 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 piece that they did the little drummer boy yeah together is a, is a classic exactly yeah. and it's amazing but i was just like what was going on backstage where like David Bowie didn't beat the shit out of his kids right bang <laughs> yeah exactly Oh my God. Yeah. I always, th I love the back the back story stuff and all the shit about people who, I don't know why, but I do enjoy going like, Oh, this person didn't like that guy. Like, um, I, I didn't know that. Well, cause I don't think of them around the same time, but I read both their books. Um, Robert Klein and Steve Martin didn't like each other apparently in the beginning. Yeah. Apparently they had like, a, I think St cause Steve was very like, um, they had said he was very like, uh, offstage quiet to himself. 
right. and Robert Klein was always on. And then at one right. point, Steve had just turned to him and said, like, do you ever turn off? And then Robert had said something snappy back. But they wound up getting along eventually. But I think it was like it just irked Steve in the moment well, because this 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 make believe thing of like we all comics, we all love each other and we all hang out. It's like, no, we're all competing against yep. each other and you know, and you can respect each other, but yes, you know, nice is an overrated quality. Uh, right. You know, it's like <laughs> you know, if you're nice, you're probably going to get trampled over at one point. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's well, I feel like uh, though, too, like at a certain point, like all you guys who are at like a certain level, you do kind of mellow. You know what I mean? Like, I think once you made it, I feel like the, does that tension ever end? You know, you know, we're so old, we can't even work up anger anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah, that's it yeah. it's not worth it. Keep going. My friend. Oh my god. My friend has this story about Mickey Rooney. He was working on one of his last plays. Uh he was in the Wizard of Oz. And uh Mickey was getting close to the end of, you know, couldn't remember lines, that kind of stuff, forgetting shit all the time. So he's, it's at the end of the thing, and he's the wizard at the end. Right. And he's got all the characters in front of him, whatever, and, then he, and he gets to the Tin Man and, you know, Dorothy or whatever, and then he gets to the Cowardly Lion, and he goes, and you, bear. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Cowardly Lion goes, I'm a Cowardly Lion. And Mickey Rooney just goes, ah. <laughs> just don't care at one point. I just doesn't give a fuck. Damn. <laughs> But I mean, this is a business where it, it's constantly being recreated, you know, right. like, you know, yogurt is basically yogurt, you know, you can throw mm -hmm. banana in it or whatever, you know, or avocados or whatever. It's right. still basically yogurt, but comedy is always changing. Music is always yeah. changing. Although I have to admit, music has sort of been in a rut for the last 20 years. It's yeah, man. I mean, so it's much like, yeah, it's like how many, like, you know there's singles now everything's a fucking one hit wonder because nobody can put out an album yeah and and, and the same thing with like musicals of sort of they you know the kind of musical sound i mean i'm old so i remember you know you can tell a steven sondheim song you can tell a mm. song you can tell a jerry herman song they all have their own styles and whatnot and really up until hamilton nothing really new happened yeah you know for a, for a long time all musicals are just kind of like the same song. And of course, Book of Mormon, which is just, Oh fucking yeah. There you go. There you go. Those guys are fucking brilliant. Um, Steve, uh, Steve Miller, um, was doing an interview not too long ago and he said something that cracked me up, but he was basically just like, you know, in the 80s, in the seventies and the eighties or whatever, you could tell each band by the way they dressed, the way they looked, they stood out. And he goes, now I can't tell the roadies from the people playing the, in the band. He's like, they all dress the same. They all, he's like, they're carrying the instruments. I'm like, do you work for the band? Are you playing tonight? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Right. And, and, and of course, uh, you know, but, but I'm also like, there is, there is nuance in that music and it, it, it's, yeah. it's, it speaks to that generation. And, I never want to be one of those guys that like, I think right now comedy, it's kind of, it, it's taken a different shape. It's, it's sort of like more kind of filtered in to like, like I'm, I'm glad that these superhero films are funny again, not yeah. funny, but you know, they're funny on purpose. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, so, so comedy is kind of taking, you know, you know, a, a different thing, but you want it to change and you want young people. I mean, Saturday night live, I thought, you know, basically the women have taken over. Yes. And in, a, in a really good way, because it's not like men haven't been, you know, we had, we had our voice, our, the way the white male point of view has been really, uh, we've got it, you know? <laughs> you know? And, and so when people are like, uh, Oh, you know, I, I see a lot of guys are like, you know, Oh, women. And that. Go, this is all good. Yeah. You know, I could Rock not city like Atlanta and, yeah. uh, I, and and but like 25 years ago, it's like okay, Jim. They want to. It's a it's a gritty, dark, you know, right. <laughs> rap culture in Atlanta. What do you got? You know, right? Uh, you know, and and to me, it's just like that's that's a wonderful thing. That's yeah. Saturday Night Live. It gets. Uh, it's only people my age that go. I go. It's hysterical. Oh yeah, it's that's still fucking good. Fucking 
hits, you know, you know, gets me and gets me and my wife Maggie just, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, and, and 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 that's the thing that I feel like people have this nostalgia for the older stuff too. Where I'm like, if you watch a full episode of Saturday Night Live, regardless of who's on and what decade it is, there not is, every sketch I, hit. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even it's like that they that, that do hit. And and if you look at a lot of them, like the ones that became funny, if you look at the Wayne's World stuff from the beginning, oh, that so that that stuff usually went on at twelve forty five, right? You know, because after midnight the ratings for SNL go down, you know, mm -hmm. by half. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, you never know what's going to be the thing that, that hits. I mean, who would have thought Wayne's world, you know, 30 years ago would have been, you know, a lot of these things are just like lucky accidents. Yeah. You know, or just, you know, timing, like arrested development was just, we didn't know what we were doing. We just right. had a great fucking cast and, 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 network that hated us and, uh we always thought we were about to get canceled but that was all mitch Hurwitz, you know mitch and i had worked together for a long time i think i got a picture of you guys oh my god how embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> i knew you'd love this yeah that's when i um that's when i uh i ran into ray romano and stole his emmy yeah <laughs> 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 that's fair. Was I think this is the same night too, right? Or a different night? Uh yeah, yeah. Wow. What are you getting this stuff? Oh, I'm I got good I got good tips. Yeah, boy, I'm telling you. How much did you pay Getty Images for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good. Uh I remember watching that one, man. I loved Arrested Development. How hard was it to work on the um the new one though after so many years being like was it, yeah, it was it, it, it was different and it was you know it was because it was still fucking great it was it was yeah i i i i loved the i love every second of working with mitrowitz and working on that show and i thought that what i like about him is he he, he, he even the first three seasons you see they change a little bit he does yeah. not like to be in the same thing and 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 most shows you're just kind of repeating the same thing over and over and over again and mm -hmm. he can expand and i love that like we live in a world where they go you don't take chances and then when you take a chance it's like yeah. what are you doing? you've you've you've, you've, you've fucked up uh you know what i loved about the show yeah um and uh yeah thank you for uh for saying that you know i i think that oh it's so good as, as people step back there's 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 nuggets of just hilarity that, mm -hmm. I'm very proud of. I'm very proud of four and five. So. I think about that stuff all the time. And like, I have, uh, cause I was one of those people who like, I had the box. I still do. I have the DVDs, the box set DVDs, you know, of all the, of all the seasons or whatever. Um, of course, God knows. I mean, I got a Blu-ray player. It probably doesn't play them anymore. Uh, <laughs> I just found that out the other day that if you actually upgrade your, the regular shit doesn't play on them anymore. I was like, the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. I had a, I have a, um, um, I guess whatever I have doesn't, it's like, it only plays like a specific thing. I didn't buy one of the good ones that plays everything. What are you going to do? Well, you cheap fuck. Maybe you I know that's yeah. the problem. I don't want to say it, but that is the problem. Um, how you, yes, go on. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going, how, how's New Jersey? New Jersey's great. Um, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I live in the, uh, most Republican County in New Jersey. So the only Republican county in New Jersey. So there's a lot of people who own boats being giant Trump people. Why? I what? know. They're like pirates or something, you know? Yeah, they fucking had a regatta and yeah. one of them sent, which is just beautiful that one of them sank. Um, but yeah, no, I got some asshole across the street from me who's got a boat and he's got his Blue Lives Matter, you know, Trump flag waving or whatever. And I'm like, you lost, buddy. <laughs> it's over. Is it? <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. Well, yeah. I'll... I I, I I would not spike the ball on those guys. Those I guys know. are they play rough. Yeah, they play rough. You know, it's weird how we're all living in a state of constant panic now. Between the pandemic and then these assholes still doing their thing, uh, you're just like, am I? Can I rest ever? No, no, never again. Yeah, you can. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, you absolutely can, and you have to misplay. You have to take your anger and 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 place it correctly uh and uh you know we're we're both very lucky we're white males in this country yep. if we never watched the news we probably really wouldn't even feel 
the effect of the Trump administration. Absolutely. And uh, so at one point, you know, you kind of have to go, okay, you know, you have to disassociate yourself from like real anger to like, okay, I've got to fix this problem. Like, right. like a plumber sees a problem. He doesn't get mad at the sink. Why is this happening? You know, yeah. he's like, I got a problem to solve. And because the anger will kill you. The anger yeah, will kill I, you. And, I've been working and, on and, that. And also, and also, don't hate your neighbor. Because I tell you, this is what I do believe about Trump people. Mm. Uh, if my car was in a ditch and needed to be towed, I bet you a Trump guy would stop before, you know. I agree. Some of these liberal people. So, you know, uh, they they are just looking at the world differently. And yeah. I, and 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 we've just got to stop calling people racist and calling people, you know, because they don't agree, you mm -hmm. know, and we got to look at the left and and just see the anger because they're in the anger selling business, too. Yep. You know, and oh, I learned that the hard way during the, the whole that I, I, it was like because, you know, me, I online, I, I'm always, you know, doing what I'm saying, speaking my mind and all that shit. Yeah. 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 And uh, but there was this there was this a couple of these Instagram accounts that were out there, left leaning Instagram accounts, basically, um, that were like curating material from comedians. You know what I mean? Just taking stuff, putting stuff out there, whatever. They had like huge followings and all this other crap. And then I find out that they're fucking making money off of that shit. And I yeah. and it and it just, it, you know, it just wound up being like, God damn, man, I thought you were on our side. And then I'm like, no, they're just fucking. Anger sells. Anger yeah. is what fuels Facebook. You know, feel good stories are nice, but they ain't they ain't gonna pay the rent. Right, you know? right exactly. People upset, and we, as you know, whatever we do, right. Uh, you know, I mean, I there, there was one joke I I I, I, I put in. Um, I think we we put in, in season four or five, but it was like they were in Mexico and, and arrested. They were in Mexico and uh, mm -hmm. like you know, uh, you know the deportations are terrible, and it's like you know you know we've got to stop this Obama guy, and um, and, and and oh oh oh, it's like no, Obama deported a lot of people. Yes, he did. A lot of people, like I think it was eight hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just a fact. Yep. It's it's just a fact, and 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 Trump is just a a crazy guy who who's very good at getting people all riled up. Yeah. You know, and they and they relate to that, and we just have to say we'll relate to us too because you know we all got to share the planet. You know. Yeah. Space else to go, except for and, Bezos and Musk, who are. Uh, I'm a spaceman. Those assholes. I know. <laughs> oh, no, no, Jeff Bezos is mad at me. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, it's four days late. What's going on? Oh, Bezos <laughs> on that stupid dystopia. What's the name of the show? Dystopia. <laughs> dystopia tonight. <laughs> dystopia tonight. That's yeah, funny. I feel like we're all living in a dystopia. That's what I felt like. Have you come up with a real title for it yet? It's <laughs> <laughs> like a working title, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm gonna. Well, now that you, right? you're you're not really airing this, are you? <laughs> you know, I think it plays on a loop in two Texaco stations in Duluth, so we're doing pretty good. <laughs> ding ding, that good. That guy's gay. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Who's that gay guy? <laughs> exactly. Why does he have so much hair? We yeah. have a nice. I gotta tell you, you grow out your. You get old. What's gonna happen to your beard? And by the I, way, you know. Wearing a black shirt with that beard, it, I don't know where the shirt ends and you begin. I just want to you know? be a floating head. I want to be whoever was in charge of Mork. What was his name? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's a floating I, head guy. Yeah, no, I know the black shirt's a bad, a bad choice. But when I wear, when I wear like a shit with colors on or whatever, like the the camera does a weird thing, it picks it up. No, you like the black shirt because you look cool in it. That is actually no, that's true too. I really do. No, no, you look good. It's just that when you're here, look, look, look at the monitor. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it would be like me walking around like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just have no neck. I have no neck. Oh, well, my God. Oh, that, that's that guy with no neck, right? Yeah. I'm just going to get really good green screen and just be just one just one face. I'm, all, I'm basically all hair at this point. I just never cut it after the pandemic. Yeah. Well, you got to. Hair. 
I appreciate it. But one day it's, it's, it's all going to go gray and you're going to freak out. You know? I, yeah. The gray thing is going to fucking freak me out. It's already starting to do it a little bit. And I can't, I can't, I don't know if I could pull it off. I mean, if I go completely it's hard, white. It's hard to dye a beard, beard, you mm -hmm. know? Like, like, uh, I remember like, where, like all these old comics used to hang out in my neighborhood at, at, at the Bagel Nosh. Right. Uh, and it would be like Shecky Green and Gary Owens. Do you remember oh Gary? Oh, my God. Owens? Yeah. I love these guys. I go, yes. you know, I, 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 I didn't want to go up to Gary Owens go, you can't dye a goatee. It's impossible. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know? it, it will just come, you know, and then it, it has that weird sort of red tint yes. around it. And it's just like, go, Greg. Just go yep. for it. You look like fucking do it. You have a picture I, of you without the beard? Me without the beard? Yeah, I got a picture of me without the beard. Uh, let's see. Where the hell is it? I'll get it get it on here right now. This is called air. Yeah, this is air. This is good. I mean, I it's afterward. The people that are live are, uh, you know, sometimes they comment. Let's see. Do we? Yeah, we got some people commenting. Let's see. Picture without. Here we go. Picture without the beard. I don't know if I can get it on there. Oh, uh, that. Yeah. That looks good. You got to you got to draw on everything. Yeah, I got a jaw. Yeah. yeah, it's all under here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lose the beard. You lose the beard. It'll, it'll be easier to get on planes. <laughs> I know. I look like the dude who gave Jenny AIDS in Forrest Gump. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't for it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How are you holding up post pandemic though? Are you, do you are you getting any kind of funk or are you shaking it off? Yeah, no, no, we're going out, but we just found out in LA today you got to put the mask back on when you go inside now. So I heard that, yeah. which is fucking. Cr I mean, are you guys pissed about like what? What's the feeling in LA? You know, everyone's. I think you know, disappointed. You know, you know. I don't know what's. I was gonna say I don't know what's gonna happen, man. I don't think we're gonna have a lockdown again. I think we're just gonna. I, I don't with these other two variants, man. I keep hearing different things. So yeah, you know, it's. Uh, it is what it is, you know. Yep. You know, we are very lucky in this country that we have vaccines. I, I feel that you know, if you're vaccinated, you're not going to get super sick. You know. And yeah, not, same. I'm afraid of the flu or something. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, so you know, we just, you know, I, I wish, you know, my 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 buddy Bill keeps saying, Bill Maher keeps saying, you know, uh, yeah. I wish the government would say, you know, but also, you know, work on your immune system, you know. You know, we, this, this would have been a good opportunity to kind of get people to be healthy, right? A little bit better. He's and, right. You know, watch it because because those are the people who are surviving this. People who have better immune systems, and if and and we do live in a country where everyone is oh you can't say that, and it's like well you know it's it's a fact you know it's the truth yeah a little healthier you know um, things will be a little bit better you know. Yep for you you can you, you can survive that and uh you know we want everyone to have long happy healthy lives yeah i say yeah, it's not it's not like people it's are telling you that to be you know? it's like you know when people say to me oh yeah those those you know those uh red states you know they're it's like i don't want those people to die i don't want to no. know that's just a fucking horrible disease yeah and it's rough man you know a ventilator can you imagine do you know what a ventilator does it's yeah my, my friend passed away she she had to go on it and it was awful man yeah One of, it just, I couldn't, you know, it was, I lost a few people that I knew, uh, comedians and close friends and stuff like that, yeah. uh, who had it. And it's, it's fucking brutal. I can't imagine anybody like yeah. celebrating it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, I, I wish we had, you know, I, I still don't understand why people aren't getting vaccinated, but you know, even with the free beer, you'd think at least that I'm going to yeah. get it again. <laughs> I'll do whatever I can. Free beer? Are you fucking kidding me? I'll, I'll go. I'll do anything for free beer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, anything. I'm a work. Anything. <laughs> I love free beer. Oh, my God. Listen, I know you got a heart out. I got to ask you this question because I've asked every guest. So um, basically a signature thing that we do. If you had one piece of advice now that you could tell your younger self that would help you, in life, what would it be? Work harder. Work harder. Yeah, work harder. Okay. Re read a little more. Mm. You know, you know, don't, you know, don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a very simple thing. I, I I give this advice to people who 
say, Jim, do you have any advice? I have nothing. I'm not a wise person. I am not a smart person. But I will say this, you know, a lot of guys go, how do you, you know, you know, advice? I just got a job as a, as a writing assistant. And I did that. Any advice? And I always say, yeah, the, the, the number one thing you got to do with every job is keep the job. Yeah. Keep Job. And that sort of informs everything else that you're doing. Is 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 walking out in a huff going to help me keep the job? No. Right. Is, is is getting mad because the boss yelled at me, you know, and running down to HR going to help me keep the job? No, it's not. Keep the job. And uh, if you kind of do that, and you know, take you got to take your punches. And yeah. and, and we have to, you know, in the, not every emotion is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, every response is, is 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 a correct response, and you kind of and there were many many times where, you know, I just was like, you know, filled with myself. My ego was, you know, what you didn't take this brilliant line I just threw out. How dare you? Right. And, um, I because I had a kid and I had you know m- you know money to make. I just I just just sat down and go. And let it go and keep the job. That's my right. advice. That's my Beautiful, advice. man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you. This is great. And I hope I didn't offend anybody. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, just the working title. That's all. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Well, you know, you can cut that out, you big baby. <laughs> <laughs>